When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We had a game against Salt Lake. Don't remember what year. After one minute, Begerman went after Roger, and he got him bad. Yeah. Nasty. Classic matchup. I got a nasty one after one minute. And Roger went up to Kyle Begerman and told him, and I heard it, if you have more than one touch on the ball the rest of this game here, I'm going to end your career. For 89th minute plus overtime, <laughs> Kyle Begerman played with one touch. <laughs> Back at it again with the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. My name is Cody Bradley, Thad Bell, Robert Russert, David Greenwald, and Chad Smith are here. We are, all of us, make up part of, a majority of, the Blue Testament, SB Nation's The Blue Testament. We are fresh off a another disappointing result for Sporting KC, a 0-0 draw with the Columbus crew. We have plenty to speak about this evening. We're going to talk about the front line, Kyrie talk, can never go a pod without talking about Kyrie. Courtney Ford was a revelation in this game. Also, we have a Jake Peterson. You might have missed it. Everyone might have missed it, but Jake uh, gave the Shades of Blue Soccer Show a mini shout-out. You might have missed it, but we're going to talk about that. And then we'll uh, obviously talk about FC Dallas this weekend. But David, you just came back from a new restaurant that I recently went to. How was Ocean Prime tonight? I want to hear what you ate. It was delicious. Uh, my wife and I went out for my birthday dinner. Um, Your birthday? Did I know this? What? Uh, my birthday was a few days ago, yeah. Well, happy, birthday. happy birthday, David. Thank yes. you. Happy birthday to you. Say happy birthday to him. Turn and look and engage him. 
Don't ignore us. I see you just ignoring the show right now. <laughs> I told him happy birthday the other day. Okay. He did. Uh, I we had the um, goat cheese ravioli, which was delightful, uh, and then I had the grouper, which has like a really nice seafood stock and some lobster and gnocchi. Mm-hmm. Oh, the gnocchi! Very nice. My wife had a steak with um, black truffle butter and a lobster mm-hmm. tail. Wow. That's just great stuff. When I went just there, as many cocktails as necessary to have some hot takes tonight. There, oh, there we go. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Uh, when I went there, I obviously don't eat at nice restaurants like that. This is this is Ocean Prime. It just opened up on the plaza. So it's, it's a cool spot. But we sat down there. We sat down with this group, and like any restaurant ever, we were offered water. Except this guy says, "Could I interest you in some house chilled water?" And like again, like every restaurant I've ever been offered that I've ever been at, they offer you water when you sit down. I was about to say yes, and luckily there was a more one of the girls that we were with, uh, more classy than the rest of us, said, "You know, tap water will be fine, thank you." And that, and I was like, right there, I was like, Mary, did you just save the table probably twenty dollars by doing that? <laughs> what could house chilled water possibly be, as opposed to outside chilled? It comes also, out of their fridge. Is that that's where it comes from? <laughs> yeah. So so the options for us tonight were the house chilled, uh, bottled uh, sparkling water or bottled flat water. And and you went bottled flat because this is America. We went house chilled. Oh. Oh. Okay. Because as I learned in Europe, paying for bottled water is dumb. Okay. So it's yeah, right. Because if you're gonna pay for water, then you might as well pay for house chilled. Is what you're saying. Right. I think the house children's free. I don't think so. Okay, well, maybe, maybe. Anyway. Accurate partial information. That's what we do here. <laughs> That's correct. Anyway, I'm very glad that you enjoyed your birthday dinner and happy birthday, David. Thank you very much. So I'm going to reluctantly turn the conversation towards sporting Kansas City and soccer that they're playing. <laughs> they have fallen to 12th in the West, two, six, and one, seven points. Dark days continue. Peter Vermees has fallen on the sideline. Nothing is looking very good right now. Let's start off the conversation, though, with the front line. I guess we'll start off with Kyrie, but I want to talk about Daniel, too. If you forgot Daniel was, was, has been on the field the last couple games, then I don't blame you. But let's, well, we're going to talk about Kyrie. So this has to have been the end, right? It can, he cannot start another game. We said this last week, but he cannot start another game. Right, Robert? I thought he had a decent game for Kyrie standards, but uh, I think the problem is one of the problems is that he uh, takes up the space for other guys too much. He's in the same space as they're in. I think it's a big part of the problem, but I think he had a decent game actually. I mean, come on that header. was a nice header. It was a nice header right at the keeper. That header right at the keeper probably got him like six more starts, right? Like you guys would put it inside the post. Come on. No, he looked. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not a professional soccer player. No. I, I'd miss it. That would that'd be awful. <laughs> Kyrie has the look, has always had the look. And that was, if he was an actor in a movie, that was the most perfect, perfectly scripted, acrobatic looking header, except they just would have had to change that it went actually towards the post instead of the keeper. Hey, the keeper had to move, man. He made a decent save on it. No, I know it was, that was fine. And I stood up and screamed thinking that was finally his moment that he needed to get going. And, and it, it, and it was not, unfortunately, 
I can't believe yeah, I'm defending I'm, Kyrie here. Come on. <laughs> I was saying who had the, I'm not a gambling man, but like who had the prop bet on first shot on goal in the game being off a Kyrie Shelton header. Like that thing had to pay like 10,000 to one or something crazy. Cheese bro. Cheese bro had it. <laughs> I, okay. So I, I do want to defend Kyrie a little bit. I don't know that there's another player who would have, who'd be doing much better with the service that Kyrie's getting. That's fair. We're not getting a lot of balls in the box for him. I'm not sure that crosses are really his strength anyway, but he's having to drop into the midfield to receive the ball. And, you know, Columbus was playing a pretty deep block. And so he receives the ball in pretty tight space. And then he, a lot of those were passes back, but there's not really a lot of space for him to turn and run at anybody. Again, I don't know that how well he would have done if he had had that opportunity anyway, but it's not like Columbus was giving him a ton of space to like, turn and be dangerous true and could i could i counter and say i mean i know david you're just trying to be nice and i don't think you really like deeply want to defend shelton by any means but is it possible that his teammates don't believe that he will not turn the ball over so therefore they don't pass him the ball as much like his job is not to receive the ball or touch the ball but to make these magical runs and do these things that he does like uh, I think I'm, I'm hearing create space for other players, but I mean, obviously a little bit of this is going to be on the other guys too. They're not, they're not scoring either. Right. And they scored with him doing the exact same stuff, presumably in seasons past, but I just think they maybe don't trust to give him the ball. You, you can always look at those passing charts on MLSsoccer.com and there's always like a disconnect. Like he's not getting passes. Don't come to him. And like, maybe they just don't trust him. I don't know. I'll, I will defend Kyrie as as I generally always have. I know I started this off kind of talking shit, but I've been a long supporter of his. And the point about service is very good. I don't know that Voinovich would be able to do much better. I guess my point there, well, let me get back up. I So they mentioned on this broadcast, or maybe it was the last broadcast, that Kyrie needs time to get going. They referenced some stat about the, the second half of the season um, you know, after playing X number of games, then he got on a roll and started scoring goals. So there's that argument of why Peter Vermees is still rolling with him. And then yes, that there or no, that there's been weak service. So you maybe can't expect him to score too many goals. But my thing with Boinovich is we went out and got the striker. I want to see him get some consistent time. Like, I, I don't know why we would ever expect him to, come off the bench in a league he's only he's only appeared in a few times and you know try to get into form and start banging in goals like that if it's not working with Kyrie which was the excuse you know he's not scoring goals but the team is winning if it's not if the team's not winning with Kyrie out there then I would like to see Voinovich get some regular time out there and maybe he can get it in a rhythm and get things going yeah I mean to go back just a little bit I was surprised to not see Voinovich come in either but there were a couple of instances in the game Johnny Russell made a run across the back line where there was space uh, when the ball was on the left wing. He didn't get the ball. He was visibly frustrated by the fact that he didn't get the ball. <laughs> Remy Voltaire's PK call that should have been called was a run between the back line. There was space. He made a run between the back line and the ball was played. Peter always says, Peter always says the run initiates the pass. Kyrie doesn't make those type of runs between the center backs or to the wings. He's constantly, when I see him, jogging. Jogging into position to do whatever. 
he doesn't seem to be as intentional as he needs to be as far as making those type of runs. So those are some things I saw. But yes, Voinovich should have come in, and he didn't. Uh, he was going to, but uh, I guess Rogers' injury negated that. So he's not always jogging because they clocked him at the fastest speed of anyone. And in, in yeah, the, but that was a different, different context, Zoot. though. Zussi had the fastest speed by the end of the game. They showed the graphic again. Oh, I was like, clearly yeah, these graphics yeah. are broken. Like, <laughs> yeah. no offense to Graham Zussi, but I mean, speed. Not 20, 22 point something miles per hour. Yeah, it was something wild. 21 or 22 point something. Yeah. Robert, I didn't even entirely disagree with you there. He he does seem to be jogging to get into place on the offensive end, but he does run balls down to create pressure on, on a keeper. That's Kyrie's yeah. favorite thing in the world is, is chugging down the keeper. That's when he hit his top speed for sure. <laughs> That's because he's a dutiful servant and does what Vermees tells him to do. Mm-hmm. And he gets playing time as a result. At the whole sub thing, going back to Voinovich, like you were saying maybe the Espinoza injury changed things or whatever, but Hernandez and Voinovich were both standing there with their jerseys on, ready to come on to the pitch. And then all of a sudden they just put Hernandez in. And I was like, yeah what why not i don't understand like i don't know why there were no subs coming off the hour weather delay either like you gave them five minutes and then you made another sub and it's like give these last guys whoever they are the 15 ish minutes that were left in the game and let them have a go at it instead you like broke up the rhythm with a sub in the middle of it i i don't know it didn't make any sense to me obviously subbing and peter vermees as we go back to it a lot i think he's done better this year but um i don't know how Kyrie stays on the field all the time. Thad, your thoughts? I was going to say the same thing. I only started like three times, but couldn't quite get in there fast enough. First of all, did, did they actually say Shelton has to get started and then builds momentum and scores goals? No, um, they were actually, I'm sorry, Cody, earlier I was going to say it. They were actually referring to Shallowy with that, I believe. Okay. Because, yeah, that's obviously not true because he doesn't, I mean, love Kyrie at times but he doesn't ever get on a roll scoring goals it's not he does have speed and but he needs to be in the right spot to er, to use that speed when he's just hauling ass downfield after chasing after ball he has speed it's he doesn't have it in all the right moments though so I was just adding that in so that's why his best position is on the wing when you can dump the ball into the channel and let him run it down um Playing between two center backs is not does not utilize his strength and his speed properly, which yeah, is somebody, odd because he is supposed to be strong, and he is strong, but he doesn't utilize it in the most physical way that he possibly could. In the comment section, somebody said, "Yeah, it takes Kyrie a while to build his speed up. He's not an immediately quick burst speed type of guy." Yeah, I mean, look at the size of him. It's it's very like it's very horse like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, take him a minute to get going. Well, so, Robert, we were, I was going to interrupt you again just for fun on that one. Uh, well, so, Cody, speaking of horses, um, do you want to talk about your guy Logan Ndenbe and his majestic calves? Yes, I do. And I was going to cut out – I was going to stop talking about his calves on the show as a joke here, but then Jacob Peterson low-key mentioned it. They, it was – Logan's name was brought up. There was a small silence. No one was saying anything, and, and then Jake just goes – did you see his calves though? I mean, he's got nice calves though, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. But why what does up? he have holes in his socks? Why does he have holes in his socks? I don't know. He has a bunch of holes in his socks though. We should ask Kitman. 
These aren't like, the like true socks dot things on the back of his socks. No, no, that, they, they look that. like Swiss cheese. What? This is an investigation. Elaborate, elaborate on what you're describing here, Thad. His there was holes in his socks, like you could see through to skin, or you could see through to the other socks, or you could see through to the shin guards. Hmm. Well, he took a couple nasty. I was going to say seething into a couple nasty tackles. I thought what you were saying was he was getting cleated, and that's why there were holes in his socks or something. I, I actually have no idea, but they're all over. Like, it. You ever see the Charlie Brown Christmas, or no, the Charlie Brown Halloween, where there's the the ghost that has the holes all over? You know, that's Charlie Brown, right? Like, has the holes all over instead of just. That's what it looked like. Well, clearly they don't have socks big enough for his calves. I mean, that's the problem. So, so when he pulls them up on the calves, they just yeah, stress they just and rip hard. open. Okay. <laughs> Logan I, has been a bright spot, obviously, right? And, you know, actually, I, I did misspeak. I was thinking of Courtney Ford when I said when I was meaning to say that, though. Mm. I was actually just looking at something about Courtney Ford while you guys were talking, so I went the wrong direction. Courtney Ford. Well, so, defenders. we'll get to Courtney. So, Cody, you don't read the site very often, and you don't oh. very often. But could you do like a top five KC Cavs power ranking article for us? <laughs> Wait, which who's Cavs? Yeah, who ranked like the Cavs from best to worst of MLS MLS Cavs or sports? Let's Cavs? look. I don't want to be too ambitious with your first article back. Let's <laughs> just the team. What the? I wrote a recap not long ago, didn't I? I wrote the first recap of the season, guys. <laughs> we're nine games in <laughs> that was in february <laughs> god damn it there's probably a preseason game he writes all these summaries of these podcasts though come on yeah there we go boom <laughs> yeah those, those are like 200 word articles guys <laughs> actually it's it, they're a minimum of 150 our our back end tells us you have to put it at at least 150 or it won't get it won't get put into enough feeds and stuff so i won't go to google news and apple news right yeah (laughs) okay uh let's talk about daniel shallowy gentlemen little brother where has little brother been so i guess so that was my mistake the the stat about second half of season goals was about daniel shallowy yeah so how many more games do we need to play before Daniel can get going here? Wasn't this the question back a couple of seasons ago? I don't, don't bring it up or should we bring it up? Should we bring it up as a means of like, if we just talk about it, then it'll, it'll jinx the jinx. Well, I think this is the first match where he didn't have one that hit the post or one that came really close. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you said, Cody, he was invisible for much of this match. I, I felt the same way. Is that stat even true though? I mean, like, no. did he- Carry us to the first half of last year. Yes. And and Johnny the- started second half. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what was it, 2019, where he had his awful season where it was just like everything was so close, but nothing went. That's how the beginning of this season felt, right? Like he, he did score in the opener, right? But then since then, he's posts crossbars, you know, unlikely saves by Joe Willis with his foot, you know, like just crazy stuff that's happening that's cutting those off but it kind of feels like 2019 all over again right now he just like i don't know if he's got the yips but i mean no one's getting any good shots off really 
right? Johnny Russell's the only one really creating anything, and Remy's the only one scoring goals. So, I mean, uh, come on, guys. We got our first problems. shot on goal at the end of the first half, and we dominate possession 69%. I mean, what does that tell you, right? What does that tell us? <laughs> I feel like us. they're always looking for the perfect shot, right? And it's not – sometimes you just got to – kick them at the net and see what happens see if there's a rebound see if something happens. Well, why are we trying to make the perfect pass and then we turn it over and then there's no there's no shot at all so i don't disagree with you chad but isn't this a kind of a discussion about the evolution of the game or aren't didn't we decide at some point that shots from outside the box are just incredibly low percentage shots and that's why they don't take them anymore like the i think that the point of what you're saying is you know, we're, we're, we're annoyed that we're waiting for a perfect shot, but I think the idea there is you, you move the ball around and you wait for a better chance and then score. But I, I think that that, I think when you're talking about that, it's, you're talking about Pep Guardiola's team and not Peter Vermees's team in MLS and 12th place of MLS at at a certain point you do have to just, yeah, you got to do whatever it takes. Right. Can I do a little introduction for David here? So when you start Roger Espinosa, Roussel and uh, who is that other midfielder out there playing? Remy Voltaire. Remy Voltaire. You don't get a whole lot of creativity out of the midfield, do you, David? Was that a no. shot at Remy? <laughs> Sorry, David. Was that a shot at Remy, or did you legitimately just for a second forget the third? I just for a second forgot. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> I was, I thought Remy, I think Remy's been fine this year. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Go on. But David, go ahead. Please. Leading goal scorer. Yeah. All so right. thanks, Robert. Uh, Here's, here's what I've noticed. One, I think we have real severe spacing issues, and I've noticed a lot of them coming from Roger. Um, Roger last night wasn't moving a lot. He wasn't showing for the ball. He wasn't moving into space. And Roger's been dropping deeper and deeper, the, the just shifting to the double pivot to try and shore up our defense a little bit, is that Roger ends up playing on top of a fullback a lot of the time. And so there's no progression. There's nobody to shuttle the ball forward. So there's a big gap if you watched between where our dueling eights were and where our front line was playing. And so longer balls forward um, led to more turnovers. You know, you're putting the ball into work further away from, you're getting the ball to them further away from goal. Um, and so I think there's a big creative disconnect there. The other part is that we move the ball so slowly. Um, Roger is not a quick one touch passer as much as I like Yuri. Yuri's not as good as peak Ilya was at hitting like the diagonal out to the wing quickly at kind of seeing and reading the game. Um, but, you know, to Robert's point a minute ago, the reason we didn't, we didn't have a shot on goal till the end of the first half because we didn't have any shots, right? Wasn't that our first shot period? And it was, we had possession, but we had meaningless possession. We're just slowly moving it back and forth between Volader and Courtney Ford and then out to Zeus and then back to Courtney Ford and then back to Volodaire, then out to Logan and Denbe, then maybe to Roger, then a turnover, then Remy wins it back and then back to Courtney Ford. And it was just so slow in the buildup that Columbus played a deep block and we didn't move them around enough to, to do anything meaningful. You guys think that the center backs, I know the wind was difficult. The center backs not being as capable with the ball as Fontes and Izzy um, had an effect? Honestly, I, I laid that out in the beginning saying that the wind might play a factor. and Maybe that's why Courtney Ford got the start. I mean, I think partially Fontes 
making the mistakes he made at the very end of the previous game probably played into that as well. But then I said that, and then immediately in the comments on our site, somebody goes, just saw Ford hit a long switch, what an issue in the wind. And I was like, so maybe he does have it in his game. And I, and after that, I was kind of noticing he was hitting that one over and over. He was pivoting it to each wing. So I think the win definitely put a factor that we all saw that right goal kicks screaming out of bounds and these long switches sometimes carrying too far, even people, you know, that are very good at it. But um, I don't know. I thought Ford did pretty well at it. And I think Volodaire probably has it in his bag based on, you know, what the 90 some minutes we've seen of him and the uh, uh, highlights from when he was 17 that we've seen look like it was in his, his, his bag there. I don't know if any of you looked, but if you look at the passing network, it shows no lines to Volodaire. And I, of course, remember he had the ball on his foot, but that must be inaccurate or it just didn't register enough, but there were no I, lines to Volodaire. I did see that. I think the stats, cause it's like, it's actually Izzy on the, the chart. And because Izzy left, you know, three minutes yeah, into the game true. or whatever, I think that's why the lines aren't there. I don't know why it doesn't update and show the next player's right, number. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was looking it up because I was trying to see if I was right about no one connecting to Shelton. And actually, he has tiny skinny lines to Remy and Espinoza and uh, not to either of his wingers. You could not 100% trust those because I've checked and seen where there's games where player would pass to somebody multiple times and they were not yeah. registered at all. Yeah. So you cannot 100% trust those. What are you looking at there, Thad? Pictures. Oh, so your pictures from your shoot today and not even sporting KC pictures? Nope. Correct. <laughs> he's, looking at, he's looking at Courtney Ford socks. No, I was gonna go look at those, but then I uh just started editing edit, photos. Yeah, you decided to not do the podcast that you're currently doing. I just talked, I just spoke. I mean, there's five of us on here. He can, he doesn't have that much talking time anyways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay. Well, so I here's here's the what I'll say. You know, I know a lot of people are really disappointed that it was a draw and that the offense was super anemic. I actually see the that there's a lot of positives in this, which is that we're a team that's kind of reeling. So just getting right, getting a point, keeping a clean sheet is a positive. I thought the defense actually looked really good. Cody, this is your built-in segue to talk about Courtney Ford. I thought the defense looked really solid. Um, I know Columbus had nine shots. Only one was on target. Tim, I guess the only real big save he made was on a shot that was offsides anyway. But um, 
this is, I would say, probably the best I've felt watching us play, and that includes the two games that we won, which were also really anemic. Um, but this was the most solid our defense looked. I agree. However, I also agree. Can I? Oh, go ahead, Cody. No, no, I'll tell you. Uh, so I was going to say, I think the the silver lining of this game is Vermees made changes, Ford, and then the forced one of Volodaire, and they played pretty well. I think they played quite good. And maybe he can trust that he's now got four capable center backs, barring Izzy's, well, who knows how long he'll be out if he has a broken bone in his face, um, as Ali was reporting was a possibility on the broadcast. But um, I think that shows, hey, look at this. We got four guys. They came in. The world didn't fall apart. Maybe you should try to change the forward line. We ran the same guys out game after game after game, and it's not working. Uh, maybe give Janis a start on the wing at a false nine. I don't know. Something. Do something different and see if it if it actually plays out, if it actually works, because it worked on the defense. It could be just that Columbus is hot garbage. They had lost three games in a row before this, and <laughs> we're missing their best player. But, sh- uh, I mean, sh- we got to shout out, guys. Courtney Ford did well, and maybe I'll just, I guess I'll play the role of, like, stick in the mud here a little bit. But it was almost like we were people were forgetting that we have seen him play for this team this year and it wasn't good. So I'm just, I just want to note that like, yes, maybe this team wasn't, maybe Columbus isn't all that great and hasn't been playing well. And that can lead into this a little bit. I know he had a, a couple of good looking plays. Now, one of them, let me, I just let, hold on, Chad. Sorry. One thing, uh, one of those good plays that he was getting applauded for was a very early slide tackle in the box, which is a very dangerous thing to do, which you're often told to not do. And that was, he was being applauded for this really great play. And I thought it was, he probably kind of got lucky a little bit. So yes, it is good. Uh, he played well. They got the shutout. That's great. Uh, Volodaire, you know, contributed to it as well. So that was nice. But yeah, I mean, I just, maybe I just a little message of warning there. Like he heed the warning that, you know, it's not all sunshine necessarily with him. That, that was a risky play, undoubtedly, the slide tackle. I think it came off of a turnover, so he's like a little bit desperation defending there, so he's trying to get back and cover. And I would say I thought him and Volodaire both were a little shaky at first. Like, it took them a few minutes to settle into the game. They had some, like, loose passes and things, but I think that's to be expected. They haven't really played into the thing I was going to say before you stopped me from trying to interrupt you was when he started, it was in a five-back. There was one forward on the field. It was a weird game. Like, it, they don't practice that formation. They said they implemented it what, a day or two before the game or something. So I, I kind of give that a, a pass. I wouldn't really put too much weight on that game. I think this game is more representative of what hopefully we're getting with Courtney Ford with him being the, you know, Izzy's primary backup. And I think he's probably the starter here for at least a little while. Dad, were you wanting to add something? I saw you waving, but uh, then I talked too long. I was just about to ask Thad what he thought the, the oh. back line would be next week. <clears throat> Going back to Courtney Ford, he did a slide tackle out in the middle of the field that was borderline dangerous. That's the one that was really dangerous. The one in the box was much more of a block than it was a slide tackle right, if, right. from my perspective. So it was less dangerous than it was. It wasn't a probably a card-inducing one in that respect. He was more blocking. Uh, the one that was out in the middle of the field, though, I, I, I could show you a photo that – I know this is a 
audio medium, but I could show you a photo that makes it look like he totally deserves a red card. But if you look at the photos on opposite ends of it, you see the guy actually stepped into between his legs that would have been the, made it look dangerous. But I thought he actually did pretty good. Um, I don't know who Peter is going to start next game. And a lot of it does depend on easy. I am okay with any of the combination starting, quite honestly. It's not, to me, it's not on Fontas. Maybe he had a bad play. Maybe he took a mental break on that last game, the previous game, and that's why he got benched for a while. But he's also the guy who was really solid last year. We know that he's not the speedy guy, but I think if you have Logan on his left and Izzy on his right, I think you have the speed that's necessary. Maybe we should have a speed camera on Fontas the whole game next time. See what his high gear is. <laughs> hey, don't pick on the guy. We just interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. Is that why so, was offered him to us? That's why he got benched. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys, he probably I think said that's something. Why, I think that's why he was all of a sudden available for us to interview him. Oh, just give Patrick giving us the bench players now, huh? Anybody calling for Caden Pierre to play right back instead of Zuzi? Of course, he might be away with the national team, but he is away for the next game as well as the one this he wasn't there today. Yeah. So, or we nice KCC to see team. all four of the young guys back there. I think you're probably more likely to see Cam Duke back there than you are to see Caden Pierre right now. Um, I don't know if you all saw the interview Thad, I believe was on it with me where we talked to Benny Failhaber and he basically said something to the effect of. Um, the SKC two guys, he has control over certain, we are talking about like, can he choose if Jahan Rad plays center back instead of D-mid or Kaveh Rad plays D-mid instead of center back? And he was saying yes. And then he said his conversations with Peter are more like, hey, I want to bring this guy up to the first team. He really deserves it. And I haven't had a conversation about a single person on this team right now going up to the first team, including the guys from the first team that have been playing with the second team. <laughs> I thought that was uh, enlightening and kind of maybe light a fire under those guys a little bit, hopefully. so. It did not help today. That's true. Maybe it had the reverse effect. Although, to be fair, most of the first team guys were away. I think it was, what, just Jake Davis and Kave, they were there. Uh, McIntosh. Oh, goalkeepers. Yes, always goalkeepers. Uh, yeah, I think that was it. Okay, any final thoughts from this previous, any of the previous games? No. The playlist that the team plays during rain delays is full of bangers. And whoever is in charge of that deserves some props. So if uh, one of you gentlemen who goes to practices or has some ends with the teams that uh let them know let the people know so team staff listens maybe they're maybe the guy listens and he's just very grateful right now i guess first i've heard the beatles rain at a sporting event the riders on the storm they it was just <laughs> rain delay song after rain it was awesome well done so next weekend fc dallas Fourth place, FC Dallas. And then, guys, after that, I noticed not to art suit. I'm already skipping ahead. We never do a proper thing. But after that, uh, double game week start. We're we getting FC Dallas again, don't we? Yeah, game. not too far after that. We'll play FC Dallas again. So let's start. Let's do the conversation like this for FC Dallas this weekend. Robert, what is one change to the starting lineup that you would make in this next game? 
besides the is he assumed one okay um of course gosh that's a tough one cam duke for roger okay that's good i don't know where i'm at with cam duke to be honest with you i think personally you guys can disagree i don't care uh has a higher ceiling than uh, mr hernandez does that that's just my thought i would agree with that but i think both of their ceilings are lower than I thought they were <laughs> last year or two years ago. I we thought Kim kind of struggled in his last start. Um, that was the game with Nashville where he was kind of, he got pulled at halftime and, you know, they, Peter said it was because they needed to make a tactical adjustment. I think it's because Randall Leal was burning him over and over down the side, sweat together down the side. Maybe he'd look better if he had Logan and Dembe behind him. So I'm not sure. Um, I like Cam. I want to see him more as a super sub. I wouldn't start him. I know you didn't ask me, Cody, but um, anybody for Kyrie Shelton. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I bring him on as a sub, play him on the wing, even if Johnny needs to rest because that calf isn't feeling good. Uh, just put someone else in the middle that can get the ball. I don't know that Johnny's can stand up to the poundings of an MLS center back and play a false nine type thing, but Give Vunovic a chance. Vunovic, how the heck you say this kid's name? A chance uh, to, to do something. Nicola. Fine. That's a fine. Yeah, Chad, I agree. Uh, give Johnny a rest. If he needs it, why blow him out now? You know? Dad, what'd you have? I was just going to say, I think when they took Duke out in that Nashville game, Peter had said it was they had planned that one ahead of time because they were going to give both of them 45 minutes. It wasn't a tactical thing, or at least he didn't say that in the press conference. I could be misremembering. Change to the 11, are you making, Thad? I'm going with what I said a couple of weeks ago was Jean East at the false nine. You, like gotta, you have to make another move behind him, though. You have to have somebody else that's going to do some interesting thing. Felipe, Cam, somebody else behind back there as one of the eight slash tens. David. Roger's got to go. Hmm. Roger, I thought Roger had a real of a game and was a real has been a uh, what's the opposite of a bright spot this year. Uh, I would take Roger out if we had another right back. I would also take Zusi out. Um, so, but for but for who I, I I don't disagree with you, and I wish Roger the results were better from Roger. But I just don't know that I feel like anyone else on the team is like is actually going to give the team a better chance. Well, he was well, clutching at his hamstring at the end, so who knows? Well, Cody, I mean, look, we're what two six and one? Is that right? Two six yep. and one. That is accurate. So, so generously, I would say we suck pretty bad right now. Um, so, do you want to suck with the thirty-six-year-old midfielder whose uh, performances have been declining? Or would you rather lose with the 22-year-old who might have some upside? If we're going to lose either way, I'd rather get minutes for Duke and for Felipe and for Jean-Nice. That's why I a backup right back. I would love to see somebody who would actually play and take some minutes off of Zeus. Okay, but if someone would just score a goal or two a game, then – then we could survive with Roger like this and we would be actually winning a couple games 
and it wouldn't just be losing and let's play the, all the young kids and throw in the towel. Somebody might score a goal if somebody in the midfield gets up a better pass. <laughs> and around and around we go. <laughs> See, and, and then honestly, I, I watched people argue on different social media that, oh, the back line is broken. The midfield is broken. The front line is broken. You know what? All I go of them are broken. Yeah. <laughs> all of them have a problem right now. Every single line has a problem. And actually the defensive line is probably the least of the problems at the moment because they're better when the midfield and the forward line is better. Yeah. Is Zussi the problem on the back line for you then? No. Oh, okay. I don't really have a major problem with the back line. Like is the center backs play any of the, the four guys that we've talked about anybody other than Kabe at this point, he needs to get a little confidence and experience going again, but more rad, more Logan. I, I would say I definitely Logan. Yeah. I ignored your joke. I mean, I it's, it'll never happen because we we play the four, three, three, no matter what, but I wouldn't mind seeing a three man back line and having uh, in Dinbe and Cam Duke play as wingbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that would be, would help us on offense, uh, but having three across the back and then two guys with some pace would help us recover uh, in those transition moments. Uh, it would allow Fontes to play like a sweeper position and, you know, with uh, Ford and Volader on either side. I, that would be my tactical choice right now, uh, but the team does not pay me to make these decisions. Um, although, in all fairness to me, I could gesture wildly on the sideline and not fall over. <laughs> I don't know. You put those dress shoes on, you get on that turf, you never know. That's uh, why you turf yeah. shoes. The dress shoes are, that's, that's a rookie move. He's very well dressed, but turf shoes. He's also had about a million minutes there doing that exact motion. So if he falls in one two second period of those million minutes, I yeah. I'll I will not have the slander of talking about Peter Vermees' fashion choices as as a rookie move. Pete knows if, how to dress. And the oh he dapper Pete. That's one of my first questions whenever we land this interview with him eventually is who buys his clothes and if it's him, where does he get them? I hope to see this as the Tuesday talk this week. Was he um, yelling at, at Uri on this play? And then Uri got subbed out a few minutes later when he fell. He was really upset with someone. So upset it made him do a 360. And then he fell. And I thought I, I, I thought he was yelling at Uri on this play, who was then subbed out a couple minutes later. Would he have been subbed out if Peter wasn't so mad that he fell over afterwards? I don't know. It was a little <laughs> bit of embarrassment there. He had, was like, well, I was so mad. Now I got to sub him out to, to make up for this. You know, I don't know. It was I hate to be early sub. <laughs> I hate to be practical, though, but I think Uri just hasn't played much, so he doesn't have 90 minutes in his legs yet. That's probably all that was. I imagine it was a pre-planned thing. He got, what, 45 the last time he played? Get him a little more this time, work, him, yeah. work his way up. I just assume he was ref, uh, ref uh, yelling at the ref, Fotis Bazakos, because that guy had a garbage game. We basically didn't talk about that. Should we? Should we talk about it? Yes. Yes, we should. And here's the thing. And I'm going to apologize in advance, Robert, but I have reevaluated it. There's a bus coming and I'm throwing you in front of it as hard as I can. I've reevaluated, man. Give me a chance. (laughs) 
I Ro- saw it live. I sit right next distance. to each other. Robert and I sit, I sit two rows behind Robert. Uh, and when we saw each other in the concourse at halftime, uh, he said, what did you think about the penalty shout? And I said, 100% a penalty. And Robert said, I disagree. It would have been so soft. <laughs> I've watched that play. Do I get a chance to respond? No. No, 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 no. no, of course. But I've watched that play both live and then the replay on TV from different angles. Pen. What world is that not a goddamn penalty kick? Pen. Okay, do I get to respond now? <laughs> so I was looking at the upper body portion of it. I, I didn't get to see the whole picture. When I saw the replay, yeah, clearly the feet, yeah, it's clearly a penalty. I was focused on the upper body part of it. And he didn't ram into his back like you said so i'm gonna bring that point out with his shoulder <laughs> that was shoulder to shoulder i agree oh, with wow. shoulder to shoulder do you think soren stoika was so the var was so tied up in looking at the arms and the shoulders and that he just like forgot to look at the fact that he tripped him with his feet <laughs> like how do you not call the ref over to look at that that's insane well, like okay. i get fotis not seeing that play that obviously he you know, he made some other plays I don't agree with, but like, because he's just a terrible ref. So yeah, I knew when I saw his name, I was like, great. It's like, there's a few, you see him, Marufo. Oh, you just know it's Toledo. It's going to be a bad day. Here's the thing though. Here's, and I think this gets lost is that the ref doesn't have to go check. Nope. VAR. He can get flagged by the VAR. Soren Stoika could have said, Hey, take a look. I think you got it wrong. And Vizakos could have just called him off and said, I saw it. I'm not changing my mind. He could have told him what he thought he saw. And then Photo said, no, that wasn't enough. So we don't know. And that's why hopefully we do find that out at some point. And I do think the pool reporter should have asked that question, but they did not. I'm looking forward to the apology from the professional referees organization on like Wednesday saying, oh, sorry, we got it wrong. Fucked you over, but oh, well. At least it was egregious mistake. Game. We never talked about how Kyrie posted online about referee bullshit and never got fined for it. He got away with that. Or maybe they just don't tell us. Right. No, they no, do. They, I, I think they usually put that in the disciplinary report, don't they? Peter Vermees and that's two sporting players have openly, publicly criticized the referee and gotten away with it. Peter did that. Uh, couple years ago and both times it was because they were right that the referee they know they couldn't find him because they were correct in their no he's gotten fined for being correct it's just how far over the line you go yeah and like this game i asked what he saw on the penalty shout and oh absolutely penalty and he just he kept going and I actually had the microphone still in my hand. I was going to ask a second question. Every time I raised it back up to my lips, he got fired back up again. And I just like lower back down. He'd go for another 10 seconds, 20 seconds. I'd start again. He'd go again. So he, he had a nice rant on him. And how about that prolonged step on Roger's foot by, I don't know who it was. I don't even think there was a foul called on that. That was a missed call as well. Agreed. And he got right in the Achilles. Nothing. That, that was my thing. No foul on that play. No foul on the Walter play, obviously. Voltaire play. Oh, I just got to say Remy. I have so many fines today. Uh, and then EC got a concussion and maybe got his face broken. Yeah, I no guess fall. that that's a 50-50 ball, but like 
you were late and you're responsible for your weapons. You headed the man in the side of the face. Some guy came at me on Twitter saying that Izzy targeted this guy. And I was like, the, the guy that broke his facial bone, possibly? Like, come on, what are you talking about? He targeted him. Yeah, Izzy Insane. gets the ball and the guy just goes right through Izzy's head with his. Yeah, the, I think the only saving grace, or not a saving grace, but the only thing it makes me not be as angry about that or as irritated is Izzy hits head, heads that ball and leans forward as the guy's running towards him. Yes, the guy's late. I think he could have done something to make that less of a hit. But that's the only thing that makes me less irritated about is Izzy may have put himself into that spot a little more than what we initially thought. Yeah, I'm not saying give a guy a red card or anything. I'm just saying call a foul, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I do think there should have been a foul, and I would not have been upset by a red card. <laughs> Good take there, Thad. Yeah, I, it, imagine just put Roger in those three spots, and he probably gets red carded for all of them. You know, like they're all reds if it's Roger doing the same thing. He had a play last year where he stepped on a guy's foot accidentally and got a red card after VAR. And the same thing happened to him. A guy caught him in the Achilles and they just like don't even look at it. You know, not well. It was nothing. I was watching LAFC in Cincinnati today and watching Ilya and his new long hair and those flowing locks. And it just it really makes me sad. Did he have the short sleeves today? Yeah. Actually, no, I think he had long sleeves on today. Why do we not? Why is he not on our team? Oh, Lord. Because he made a million dollars, A. And I think he is not the fix to this team's problems. I think it works well with LA because of all these other guys around him and the system they play is different. And what we needed him to do, he couldn't do anymore, I don't think. I mean, he would have been fine. But do you want him to be the fifth highest paid player on your team and the contributions he was giving like i love the guy he's amazing but like nah, i'm okay with moving on from him well, i just needed you to reassure me and, well I and three million dollars at center back is what he would have been <laughs> i mean it'll be curious to see what when they put out the salaries later this year how much he's making because he's a replacement level you know center back kind of like a backup center back to izzy maybe starting like replacement level starting defensive mid he gets a lot of cover playing in a double pivot in la um one of the things that he'd be starting for sporting at whole and the six this year right but how many times over the last couple of years do we complain about yeah being fast enough to track back and help break up plays um i mean i wish he was still here but um i think a lot of it depends on like what the budget hit would be i just miss him but yeah, without but, looking at the budget, sorry, Robert. I, oh, you're fine. Go ahead. Without looking at the budget aspect of it, if he was here, you notice we are starting to play the double pivot more often now um, when Yuri isn't out there. So having Ilya at the double pivot, maybe even with Yuri, might, and having, again, it's the speed around players. You can have a slow player if you have speed around them to cover for them when necessary. Having Izzy, Ford, Volader, Logan, et cetera, having that other speed behind him or some other speed in the midfield would make up for a lot of his ills that we were, you know, a lot of the thing, a lot of his uh, shortcomings that we were complaining about over the last couple of years. I would still love to have the guy on the team. Wonderful human being. Well, the reason it works for LAFC is because he has Kellen Acosta next to him. So do we chalk some of that up to our failure of our 
not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sporting Kansas City's to not get somebody next to Ilya that would highlight Ilya's strengths? Maybe. Roster yes. construction. See, look at us. We're not, we're not some echo chamber. We criticize this team. I had to draw it out of Thad that one time, but he did openly criticize Vermees' roster construction once. Okay, gents. More than once. Yeah, come on. That's not fair. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just reminding our listeners that we're not overtly optimistic all the time. And see, hey, I am you- optimistic, but I'm also realistic. I'll give you an optimistic stat of our shots and our point zero three expected goals only one of those shots came from the runner play other two are from set pieces i thought that was that doesn't feel optimistic I'm yeah thinking. that was really dark <laughs> i was being sarcastic <laughs> okay i will someone yeah. someone bring us up so i can end this show properly i will goal some- is tied for second most goals in our team <laughs> i will give some optimism it has not been a good start to the year obviously but it is a long season. And if you look at the teams that are around us, we have seven points from nine games. We're in 26th overall in the single table. The New England Revolution, who won the Supporter Shield, seven points from eight games. Seattle, seven points from seven games. Colorado, who won the West last year, nine points from eight games. And NYCFC, the reigning champions, 10 points from seven games. No, none of those teams are killing it right now, but they're all going to like, at least most of them are going to make the playoffs and do something. Um, Meanwhile, Austin FC and I mean, even Miami is winning games and Miami's got 10 points. You're telling me that Miami and NYC FC are even remotely comparable in terms of where they're going to finish on the table. Cause I don't believe that for a second. So you're saying there's a chance. Well, everybody makes the playoffs in MLS. So uh, yeah, there is a chance. So how many of those teams have been playing in CONCACAF Champions League? The Revolution haven't. Not recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Revolution did play in the CONCACAF Champions League. Well, not League. recently. They got knocked yeah, out you, pretty you, darn that's early. That's what I mean, though. Yeah. <laughs> but they were in it. Seattle's yeah, the only one who made a deep run. Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die if Seattle wins this, wins the CCL. I'm going to die. I thought I wanted MLS team to do it, but I don't. I don't know. If, I don't either. I, if, when everyone says, oh, it'll be good for the league if one of the league teams wins, I go, no, I want Sporting to win it or I want none of these. I want the Mexican teams to beat them every well, no. time. No, there are MLS teams I want to win it. I don't want Seattle to win it. And I don't want anyone from Seattle to hear me saying this. I don't want a Seattle fan to have the satisfaction to hear me be so salty about it, but I do not want them to win this tournament. Seattle sucks. Go Sporting! Yeah.